Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Emily White, host of the Interning 101 podcast, part of the Jabberjob Media Podcast Network. Interning 101 brings you interviews from everyone from execs who began as interns to what your dream jobs are looking for in interns. We'll be providing additional wisdom from myself, along with other entertainment and business professionals whose experience provide insights into the interning experience and beyond through a successful career. Listen and subscribe at jabberjobmedia.com. And thanks so much. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Pure Pleasure Podcast. My name is Dewey, and this is part two of my conversation with Thomas from the Fall of Troy. Um, I'm not going to go too far into it because I know you've already listened to the last episode. Just wanted to give you a little heads up. Uh, This part two uh, will be the end of the interview. So I hope you enjoy it. And here's my part two conversation with Thomas Arak from the Fall of Troy. Just relax and recap and relax and that My body's jumping and I'm 
Because I think we've only seen each other once since that tour, and uh, that was yeah. at the club I was working at on that just uh, just like vinyl tour. Mm-hmm. And I remember it because uh, I remember I had, I looked down and saw that you had your hands tattooed, and I was like, "Whoa, when did you do that?" And you're like, "Dude, I'm going to play music the rest of my life. This is just forcing me to commit to continuing <laughs> with that." And I was like, "That is badass." <laughs> and i'll never forget that conversation and it was just like wow i've never heard that explanation before and i was always wondering to myself how do people you know i'll see people going through the store with neck tattoos and hand tattoos and kids and i'm like how are they supporting their family and now i know construction construction dude she knows more than i construction you can do anything you want in construction. You can have your face tattooed and make fifty bucks an hour. It's or or run a really big rock venue. Exactly. That's about it. Yeah. If you're not doing the tattoos, you gotta be doing something else. But or it, be a bartender. You or can be, be a bartender. bartender. Yes, you could. But it also limits the bars you can bartend in to to a certain or, or- Yes. If you're at Jenica's level, you're a musician, you run a venue and you're a bartender. <laughs> And you have more tattoos than anyone's ever seen. So now she just it, needs to join a trade and just round it out and do it all. You know? <laughs> she just needs to become a tattoo artist. There you all. go. Yeah. <laughs> she gets asked that all the time. All the time. Like, so where, what shop do you work at? She's like, no. 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 That's not how this goes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. It's it's interesting. And I, also talking, since we're kind of on the subject of, like, you know, the times that we're living in right now. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting to me to see like how quickly tattoo culture has been accepted. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, uh, like in the mainstream, like, I mean, literally I, I see people working at the grocery store now that, you know, have full sleeves have sometimes have like, uh, like a tattoo uh, tattoos on their fingers or something like that. You know what I yeah. mean? And like that, that was, man, I feel like even not even 10 years ago, it was like, just rule number one of getting any kind of job like that would be like, you know, no showing tattoos or anything like that. And yeah. now it's also become a thing where uh, it, it really does seem like almost everyone you know has a fucking tattoo, you know? Yeah. Um, which is cool, man. I mean, I think it's cool when people don't have any tattoos as well. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of new being tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's cool that people are being allowed, not only men, but women now, too, are being allowed to, you know, express themselves. Um, I mean, whether or not their tattoos are good, (laughs) (laughs) that's neither here nor there. The fact that it's it's being much more accepted for men and women um, or whatever to to express themselves via art on their body and not be looked at as a criminal or, uh, or a low life. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's a really good thing because, uh, I don't know the way that I've always looked at tattoos, at least or, it's, it's another form of art, man. Yeah. You know, like art is, art is, art is the beauty of life to me, yeah. you know, like music and film and literature and, and, uh, painting and, photography and tattoo art and all of that kind of stuff, man. I mean, even in, into like, you know, uh, cosmetology and stuff like that, you know, makeup art. Yeah. Um, like 
it's all really coming from the same place and it's self-expression and it, it is the beauty of life, man. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, and, and I just think tattoos are like the, the final frontier of, of like, you know, you know, once the dinosaurs are all gone here in 15 or 20 years, <laughs> you know, like you're going to, I really do think at least by the time for old men, if I make it there, knock on wood, uh, <laughs> You never know, but uh, I really think you're gonna you're gonna see doctors and lawyers, you know, uh, that are that are that could be covered in tattoos if they want to be because they're so fucking good at what they do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's just been a very interesting thing because I remember being uh, like eighteen or nineteen years old and being like, oh, I'm never gonna get a tattoo. Like, why would I do that? You know, like. That's, <laughs> Yeah, and, and and that's changed, and uh, yeah, some of the some people I some of the people I know that have the most tattoos are some of the most genuine, sweet, caring, uh, talented, smart people mm-hmm. I've ever met. Um, and I just think it's, I think yeah, I think it's so strange, and it's it's been really cool too, uh, like having Jenica around my family, like especially like. Um, before my grandpa passed away, he met Jenica, and, uh, you know, my grandma and all that. And like, even, even like my dad and my aunt and just my whole family, my mm-hmm. mom, um, it was like, you know, I, I told him w- the first time that she came out to Seattle before she came out to Seattle for the first time, cause she was going to finally come out and meet everybody and do the whole family thing. And I was like, okay, well, you guys will, you know, she's got a lot of tattoos, you know, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, and, and I was, I remember specifically my dad's girlfriend, Lisa, who's like pretty much my stepmom, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I guess she technically common law is my stepmom, but, um, you know, and she was like, she was like, she was like, yeah, that's fine. She was like, you got a lot of tattoos, Thomas, you know, like I, it's fine. And I just remember the first time Jenica like walking into the house and like, you know, taking her jacket off and sitting down to like talk with us and have dinner and she like got up to go to the bathroom and i just remember lisa like looking at me going holy shit (laughs) she was like i know i knew she had a lot of tattoos but fuck man she (laughs) is covered in tattoos i was like i told you so and she was just like blown away by it you know like wow like not in a negative way necessarily but just in like a wow, like, I've never seen a woman look like that before, you know? Overwhelming. Yes, and I think it was that way for most of the women in my family, <laughs> minus my sister, you know? Yeah. Um, my sister was. My sister knew it was up, because my sister has fucking Facebook and Instagram. Sure. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, but then I, it was funny, because then the next day I woke up, I woke up, like, probably around, like, 11 o'clock or noon or something, and Jenica had been up like all morning, like in the garden with Lisa and like cooking breakfast with Lisa. And and then Lisa comes in uh, to the room once again when Jenica was getting ready or something. She goes, Mm -hmm. you know, she goes, I feel really bad. And I was like, I was like, well, why do you feel really bad? And she was like, I just feel like I acted you know, I just kind of judged Jenica like last night, like when I just saw her artwork and all that and mm-hmm. like 
didn't I wasn't being negative, but like you know, I was thinking in my head this thing and and then after I spent time with her this morning, like she is the sweetest, you know, like nicest girl and you know, like she's just I really like her and I th- just really think she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preaching like, to the oh. choir here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh huh. Yeah, that's what I told you. Like uh-huh. You're welcome, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so but it's been cool because having her around has definitely, like, completely changed the perception of that. Like, definitely with my dad, definitely with my grandma, uh-huh. you know, and 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 my grandpa and, and everybody, you know, like, uh, kind of all the old timers in my family because she's just such a just a nice person and such a a, a sweet, caring. A uh, helpful person and a and a and a loving mother and a responsible mother and a responsible person. You know, it's just like yeah. I think coming up in in that era, it was looked at as like, you know, even having a couple tattoos, like you must be, you know, you must be like robbing banks or stealing cars or something. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you're you're going you're going one place when you're 18, and it ain't it ain't college, buddy. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, you know, for my grandpa, tattoos were for sailors. You know what I mean? Like, yep. um, for the sailors on or, the arm, or for sailors or criminals. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he told me. And, um, but yeah, so they, it's been an interesting kind of thing for me because you know, over time, I've like I got my first tattoo, and then I got some more, and like then all of a sudden, I have them all over my hands, and you know, and am am not actively going to stop getting more right now. Yeah. <laughs> either. Like, actually kind of working on getting quite a few more right now but uh yeah i just i don't know it's not i'm not the guy that thinks of myself as like tattoo guy you know what i mean yeah and sometimes i still wake up in the morning and like see my hand and i'm like jesus christ like you know like (laughs) why why did you decide to do that you know but then you know i get over it once i get up and like take a shower or whatever but yeah uh, but sometimes it's still just shocks me and it's just like wow you know um interesting because I've, I've never thought of myself as like the guy that has a lot of tattoos or anything like that yeah and i i, I don't remember do you do you have any of the world famous uh heavy heavy lolo tattoos like tim oh, hell no dude. okay i don't stick it like garbage i don't do that shit Oh no, fuck! Just, that was to, amazing. Andrew, Andrew's got some. Andrew, Andrew's got some of Tim's stick and pokes. Tim actually got pretty good at him. Oh, did um, he? Okay. I mean, have you have you seen Tim's leg, like I, his right leg? I have. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen well, most of Tim's. I've seen. Okay, I've seen all of Tim's body at least ten <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, I mean, as, who happened? <laughs> exactly as uh, as we talked on Andrew's podcast, that I've seen every part of Tim I could see. I think I've seen more of Tim's body than I can physically see of my own with my own eye, you know, <laughs> in various like forms that. of disrepair and, and, uh, intoxication it's, it's, and cleanliness. it's scarring. Really. It's scarring. Really? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, imp- it's imprinted on my, on my soul. For, it for lives, eternity. it lives inside my eyelids at all times for the rest of my life. <laughs> His foreskin <laughs> lives in your eyelids. 
That's they, oh, uh, yeah. oh God. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the part you're yeah, that Jenica was laughing her ass off about was the quarter trick, but I on listening to that podcast. But, we uh, laughed at we laughed a lot of it. And I mean the thing like when you were talking about uh the way that Andrew discusses our drug use and stuff and he has a smile on his face and blah blah, blah. like one time he was uh he was talking I think he was doing another interview or something like in the van and we were all just kind of listening to him talk and he was like and Andrew tries to put things like very eloquently nowadays. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. He does a good job at it, but he'll be like, you know, uh, we, and he was discussing how Nikki sometimes is like, you know, Andrew, you can't just, you know, talk about shooting up heroin at, at, at this dinner party with, you know, my vet friends. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> uh, but the thing that he said that just, God, we just almost, we, we died uh, was he was just like, He's like, you know, uh, sometimes the cavalier nature in which uh, I discuss our drug use is sometimes a little bit hard to stomach for some people. <laughs> the cavalier nature the in which cavalier I discuss nature. Uh, it is true, though. He's yeah. just riding out there on a white horse just talking about white drugs, you know? Yeah. It's like, and here I am, and this is... <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's... it's uh, I, I definitely feel the same way. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to, to be who I am and, and tell my story. You yeah. know what I mean? And for people to know what I've, what I've been through and what I've done. And like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sober at this point. Uh, like I like to drink and, you know, I'll do, I'll do this or that here or there, but, uh, everything in moderation. And, um, I don't know. I just, I never, I never want to have opiate withdrawals ever again, personally. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's right up there. It's right up there with like a really bad, like cheap, cheap vodka or whiskey hangover. You know, like the oh. ones where you just, the ones where you just literally can't get out of bed and you don't get out of bed till five or six o'clock at night. And all you can do is get into the bathtub because somehow you, your 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 train of thought is if you get in the bathtub, maybe somehow the water will soak through your pores and help hydrate you better. <laughs> Hydration through osmosis. Yeah, exactly. Which is such bullshit. Like that doesn't work at all. If anything, that's thinning your blood and uh-huh. making it shittier. Uh, but like, I mean, you know the hangover where you just can't even you can't even like chug cold water because you just can't even think about drinking anything ever again. I, you'd rather, I do. You'd rather just lay there as a raisin and think about how dry your mouth is and how bad you just want a sip of water, but you can't make it over to the fridge to like grab grab one. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And just even have a little sip because you just can't. You just can't. Whatever that thing is, whatever that demon is that comes out, like that will just not let you do anything but but be a but be a raisin, a, a shit a piece of shit raisin like sitting on a couch or laying on a couch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't like that feeling either. Oh, uh, did you detox on your own then? Or did you do rehab like Andrew? Uh, I, I, I went to the same rehab facility that Andrew did. You um, did. Okay. So you went through the actual rehab. Okay. Yeah, I did. I, I put myself in, mm-hmm. um, there was, there was no, um, like my, when you asked me about rock bottom for me, I think my rock bottom was a lot different than like Andrew's or Tim's because yeah. I wasn't really, um, you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't like 
you know, my friends didn't hate me and I wasn't stealing and, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't like broke. And, uh, like I said, I was highly functioning addict, but uh-huh. you know, I needed it. I needed it every day or yeah. I'd get sick. And if I didn't get it, then I would drink a ton and then I have a terrible hangover. And then I'd either, you know, get some more dope and, you know, dry out and do that, or I wouldn't be able to get more dope again. And so I would just hair the dog it. And then you go on drinking binges and that fucking sucks. And so it's just, to me, it just felt like constant, constantly I was either hungover or withdrawing. I never yeah. felt good. You know, I never felt good. And then when I would quote unquote get high, like I wouldn't even get high. I would just feel normal and, you know, for a while and then feel like shit again. And, I just got tired of it. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, and I know you heard that a million times, but like it was the truth. And I just, I couldn't, I tried really hard to stop the cycle myself, but I just couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and Andrew had gone to rehab and it really did really good things for him. Yeah. And he, you know, he was, you know, he was very like uh, supportive of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, just I, I got my whole family together and like basically staged my own intervention and just told everybody what was going on and and they were uh, they were really like actually really happy about it. And yeah. Relieved, you know, because like I think they all knew something was wrong, but they didn't know what was going on. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, I started getting really scared that like I was gonna get caught. I was gonna get busted. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what blows my mind the most out of anything when it comes to my drug uses how many times i've gotten away with being pulled over or like uh just anything like that with law enforcement just like having like you know what it feels like to have a bag of heroin in your pocket and like get pulled over i yeah i do i do not but i I imagine it's a pretty fucking scary thing well that right there is is five to ten dude yeah you know what i mean just possessing it in your pocket. That's just so yeah. fucking insane. Yeah, and it's not like you can eat it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and while the cop is running your your idea or whatever because you, then you'll die. So it's like <laughs> Yeah, I just got to a point where like I don't want to go to prison and I don't like feeling like sick and tired and like shit all the time. So Yeah. I put myself in rehab and it was a very weird and uh, sometimes difficult 28 days, but it also had its really cool moments, and it was it was always interesting. I mean, there's always something going down, yeah. something always going on. But it did start to feel towards the end, like the the last week was pretty brutal because it started to feel like Groundhog's Day. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it started like the same thing, and they kind of the way that they do it at their rehab facilities, they kind of have a program that they run like kind of because you're there for 28 days so they run it like kind of every 20 days and the cycle starts over so the last week you're there you're like seeing what you saw the first time you were there uh-huh so like that way like when they have new people coming in they can kind you can kind of jump in anywhere and get the whole thing you know yeah. what i mean there's no like like beginning or ending it's just kind of a big big circle of things a big but cycle also yeah, well, it's all so very structured and like, you know, I didn't play a guitar for a month. I wasn't allowed to listen to music for a month. Um, wow. I, I snuck I snuck a book in. <laughs> wow. 
like uh yeah all you were allowed to read was like the big book and stuff and i know uh for andrew he was talking about like the the fellowship and the steps and stuff yeah i i can tell you 100 percent like from from seeing it like it works man you know if the the the, the, their motto is it works if you work it you know Mm -hmm. and it's true if you do what they tell you to do and you work the program and go to meetings and sponsor people and do all that like you will stay sober you Mm -hmm. will Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think there's some really good. I mean, I learned a lot of really cool things that I kind of just. For me, I took what I wanted out of the 12 step step program, like what made sense to me and what I liked about it, uh-huh. and focused on that. And then the other things that I was kind of like, this is kind of weird, and I don't really like that. Like I would kind of just whatever that. Not so much be like fuck that. You know, I'd be like whatever, who cares? Let's just focus on the positive things here cuz sure. that's why I was there. I was there to try to improve my life and like, you know, um get everything I could out of it. But for me, um meetings and the 12-step program, they're just they're just not they're not my thing. Mm-hmm. But uh mm-hmm. but you know, I I wouldn't hesitate to like go to a go to a meeting with yeah. someone if you know, they, like if if Andrew invited me to go to a meeting, I totally would. I think the meetings are the, the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it gives you uh, a space to like, you relate to people about things that like you feel like nobody else in the world could even get their head around, you know? Yeah. Um, but everybody there like understands how you feel and what you're going through. And it's, it's a support, it's a support system. You know what I mean? Exactly. A lot of it's people didn't have to begin with, which got them into the problems a lot of times too. So that's, I mean, definitely. I definitely. Can definitely see why that works. And, and, uh, did you ever, um, I was going to ask this earlier, but when we were talking about, you know, local celebrity status and things like that, did you ever score <laughs> in situations where people knew who you were? To where you know sometimes uh, kids on tour will bring you weed or you know brownies oh. or whatever. Did you ever yeah. utilize that to your advantage, uh, or yeah. or kind of stumbled into that like, oh shit, that's Thomas? Or, yeah, I'll hook you up, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was more. I think, like I said, we weren't big on using on tour, but mm-hmm. when we would, it would be because someone would like bring us a bottle of pills or something yeah you know what i mean okay like, that's like it's it's there and, and and it's free and they're giving it to us and we don't have to go hook up or like get any money or anything like that and put yeah. ourselves at risk of anything you know um that so those were the times when we'd kind of break our own rules and stuff like that yeah. um but yeah definitely that's definitely okay something that would that would happen yeah. um especially with weed kids always want to smoke weed with you yeah you know? like <laughs> Bands and comedians, both. They would rather, you know, they would rather like sit in their car with you and like smoke a bowl than like just talk to you. It seems like half the time. Yeah. And nowadays, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I don't really smoke. I'm like, I was like, I'm like, it's cool. Thanks for the offer, but I don't really smoke weed unless I'm like at home and like gonna watch a movie and I don't have to like talk to my girlfriend because I'll sound like an idiot if I do like half the time. Or if she's stoned with me and we both just sound like idiots, but then that's fun. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to like, you know, get off stage and go smoke weed with nine kids and then like talk to them all about my band. Like that does not sound fun at all. That sounds terrifying. Uh, And I've never really liked that. You know, like Andrew was the guy that we'd come out and he'd be in the van with nine kids, like (laughs) smoking weed and, 
you know, listening to, <laughs> listening to demos or something. And like, and he gives me all this shit about, cause you guys were talking about how I was like listening to manipulator when you first oh, met me. Oh man, that's one of my fondest <laughs> memories. That is okay. Well, and Andrew tries to play it off like a Mr. Cool guy. Like he never fucking <laughs> would, pe- would put 10 kids in the tour van and, you know, play them instrumentals and fucking demos and shit and be air drumming along stoned as shit, you know, like, <laughs> He was the king of that. So, <laughs> I see you, dog. I see you. That, that was one of my fondest memories because we had literally met that afternoon. And then uh-huh. so I was like, this is my first conversation with Thomas. And, you know, at that, and, and it's that weird kind of tour just started. <laughs> Let's kind of feel out who's who and. And, uh, you know, who's the asshole and who's the business guy and who's the crazy person and, you know, and, or if there is that at all. And, and, uh, I was was pumped. Yeah, of (laughs) course. You just, I mean, you just got uh, a copy of the record and it wasn't out yet. And of course I wanted to hear it and I'm sitting in there in that, that weird green room, you go up that little apartment in the back or whatever. And, and we just jammed on that thing and it was just, it was it was awesome and it stuck with me because it was so it wasn't out there necessarily but it was like wow i just met this guy and yeah. we're like and it's like i've known him for 10 years like we're just rocking out to this record and that was what was so cool about it is is the context it was in and that's why it was so funny it was because well i'm glad i'm glad you took it that way yeah. um and i know a lot of people understand that about me it's like uh, I was in no way like trying to be cocky or cool or anything. Like I genuinely just like sometimes get really excited about making music, sure. you know. And sure. uh, especially at that time, like I, I was a lot younger then too. I mean, that yeah. was ten years ago, twenty-one. Yeah. I was stoked. I was stoked to be there. I was stoked to be on tour with the bands we were on tour with, and to have this record about to drop. And our last record was doing well. Mm-hmm. I was pumped. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was high on our band. Yeah. And, uh, I wasn't trying to, yeah, you know, and I think that I've definitely uh, had situations with more curmudgeonly uh, people in the industry before where, you know, maybe that put a strange taste in their mouth about me because, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, I, I I, would, you know, I was not afraid to, like, say, like, I think our band rules, yeah. you know, and... And I think we fucking kick ass and I would put us up against anybody anytime, actually. And I still feel that way. I just don't go around saying it all the time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I think maybe some people misunderstood where I was trying to come from or maybe I maybe I miscommunicated what I was trying to sure. actually put across. But- well, it's just bravado. I mean, it's, it's something, it, it's like the celebrity thing where the second you have something that someone doesn't have, they sit and watch and wait for you to make a mistake. Um, You know, when you're known as being extremely uh, gifted musician, they're like, Oh, is he going to talk about himself? Oh, what a prick. He just talked about himself, you know, or uh, he just said how good his band is or that he can play guitar really fucking good. You know, what an asshole, you know, they just sit and wait it, it was it was pre-internet yeah. troll. They just wait yeah. for you to say something and then jump on it. And then, oh, Thomas is an asshole, or you know, Thomas is arrogant, or you know, it's it's yeah. Stupid. And instead of instead of uh, instead of it being up on a message board somewhere, it was just like uh, people 
would like be really nice to me and then you know would go say shit like that to everybody they knew and it was like yeah. you know some i feel like at a point my like reputation like for no real good reason started to precede me as kind of being like arrogant and stuff and like mm-hmm. it, it couldn't have been more untrue you know and that's it like that's what happened when when we broke up you know like there was a lot of backlash like online and shit like personally like pointed at me of people being like you know, you know, like fucking, I wouldn't want to be in a t- band with Thomas either. Like he's a dickhead, and like, you know, they, like Tim and Andrew probably just had enough of Thomas, and like blah blah blah. Oh, shit. And, like, like the 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 fact of the matter is, I fucking held that band together with fucking with dental floss for years. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. and, and trying to put, you know, bandages on on shotgun wounds. You know, trying to put band aids on shotgun wounds, like of emotion. You know, and. uh yeah. When it finally came down to it, like, dude, it it broke my heart worse than anyone's, you know? It really mm-hmm. did. I I didn't, I want, you know, even even uh, where we are now as a band, it's like, um, I want us to be a band forever. I never want to have to say, like, we're broken up or, like, we're on hiatus. It's like, mm-hmm. I, like, even if we're not active, even if we're not, like, making records or playing music together for 10 years, you know, I want to be able to say, like, yeah, like we're still a band. Like we can play whenever we want to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it just—it was really terrible to to go. I'm not in the fall of Troy anymore. It was like it was like saying I'm not an Iraq anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like like, uh, like my family just left me. Like you know, like yeah, that's what your identity I, was gone. Yeah, I didn't, I, and that that was um. For me, that's when my drug addiction got the worst because mm-hmm. I really had a had a hard time. I had a, I had a really big identity crisis, and I was really scared because, um, I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't have even a high school degree. I mean, Tim and Andrew are both really smart guys, and they both graduated high school. And you know, Andrew's going to college for engineering, and yeah. was going to college for a couple of years even when we were early on in our band, and. You know, Tim's really bright and got really like straight A's and shit like that. And um, I was more like, I was I was really into English and history and uh, and and music, you know. And I would base yeah. those, you know, like math or like any any shit like that where I just wasn't interested. Math, particularly, like I just, it's still hard for me, you know. Yeah. Um, like I still count on my fingers. When I'm doing addition, you know, like when I'm, when I'm counting out a tip or something in my head, like I still count on my fingers and my toes. Um, can you but, count as fast as you can play? Because if you can, yeah, you're going to be fine. Yeah, I, I can count really fast. <laughs> I was going to say, if you can move your fingers and count them that fast as you can play and uh, what is that? Cut down all the trees that, that yeah. I was talking about with Andrew, that, that, that helicopter. Maybe that's where it Rip. comes from. Maybe it comes from me counting on my fingers for so long. Maybe that dexterity. But, yeah, maybe I don't know, but uh, <laughs> sidetrack there. Yeah, you know, for me, no, it's it's. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, for me, like the it, when we broke up, like I didn't. I was like, "What am I gonna? Do? What am I gonna do now?" You yeah. know, like literally, I had that. That was my rock bottom. You know, that yeah. was my rock bottom was like before I was even really at rock bottom with like uh, doing drugs. Like that was my rock bottom where I realized I'm not in the fall Troy anymore. Me and Andrew and Tim hate each other. We're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not in a band. 
you know, I basically put the guitar in the closet and didn't even want to look at it for six months, you know, until uh, just like Vinyl Guys got me to come out to an open mic and at least like have a jam session. And that's kind of where I started playing music again. But yeah. I didn't want to think about music. I didn't want to, I didn't want to think about anything. And that's, that's what, I mean, I just didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to think about anything. So that's when I really dove into the dope. And just circling the drain at that point. Cause, I mean, you're... Yeah, well, I was like, what am I going to go work at fucking McDonald's? You know, like, I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? And and I was too... You know, it's not like I was... Uh, it's not It's not like I was where I am in my life now. You know, where I'm... You know, I'm 31 and, like, there's other shit I can do. You know, like, I've done... I've, I've traveled enough now and done mm-hmm. enough things and kind of have... Uh, you know, carve myself out a niche enough to at least like work myself into like a decent entry level job if I needed to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like back then I was, yeah, I was like in my mid twenties like 25, like mm-hmm. no education, dropped out of school, uh, like no money. Cause Andrew stole it all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I mean, I lost my family. I mean, they were my family at that point. I saw more than my family at that point. We were on the road all the time. Yeah. It was uh, it was bad, dude. It was rough, and and then all these people were coming down on me for being the dickhead that ruined the band. When like, you know, I was the one trying the hardest to keep the band together. Yeah, you know? so that exactly. hurt my feelings. And I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, you know, and and every band gets that. Like every everybody gets that. Like nowadays, there's always internet trolls talking shit about anything that's good. You know, if people don't hate you, there's nobody that loves you because let's be honest. Like if you have ten people talking shit about you, like on the internet, like there's probably a hundred people that really like what you do, but they don't want to be weirdos and like go on the internet and make some weird adoring post at you. You know, they'd probably exactly. rather just listen to your record and like maybe buy a ticket to your show and like mm-hmm. bring their girlfriend to the show and then go home and like not, you know, be weird. Yeah. So I don't know. My dad, yeah, my dad always. Uh, he kind of prefaced me for that to happen when I was younger. You know, he's like, you know, if you get successful, there's going to be people that no matter what you do are going to hate you, Yeah. you know, or try to make you try to try. They, you know, people, people love to, to, to watch success crumble and then watch crumbled success, like get successful again. Yeah. Like it's such a strange thing. Like now more than ever too. Cause it's like when we got, back together to play shows like we got back together to play shows because we really wanted to just play shows like we missed our band and we missed each other it wasn't like a you know what i mean it wasn't like a marketing scheme or something like this went way <laughs> further than we ever thought it would you know like i never thought we'd make it okay or like go on a world tour i thought we were gonna play three shows and that was gonna be it and mm-hmm. then we at least give it a proper burial you know that that was the point yeah because ended so nasty um and uh so it's it's interesting you know it's interesting uh just what's happened in general and but at the same time yeah it's like you you like to think that uh that people saying like mean things about you like you would think like you know oh like you're you know say like and i really don't like the word celebrity or, or fans or like rock star i hate i hate all that shit man i'm just thomas from muggle teal that like plays guitar because that's 
you know, that's what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because that's what I love to do. And I love to perform and I love to give myself and other people something in common for a little while. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Take them out of their life for an hour and whatever's yeah. bothering them and let them just release themselves, you know? Yeah. And me, me more than anybody. You know, yeah. it's definitely a selfish thing too. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, it, but still, you know, I'm still, uh, I'm still, you know, uh, not still a youngish man that, uh, you know, has a lot of feelings. And when you see people say hurtful things about you, like it doesn't matter if you're Jimmy fucking Hendrix, dude, it still hurts your feelings. You know, it still makes you feel like a prick and nobody wants to feel like that. Of course. You know? Yeah. Like I don't at all embrace like, Oh, okay. I'm the fucking bad guy. I'll be the fucking bad guy. You know, like I'm not that dude. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, not. um, that's Tim. Tim's that guy. Like, Oh, you know, they think I'm a fucking dickhead. I'll fucking show him a dickhead. Yeah. You know, which is fine. Like, that's, that's just not, I mean, I can get like that when I'm upset, but like, am I really going to follow through with being an asshole like that? Like, usually not. Yeah. You know, I usually just kind of get docile and sad and write an angry song about it and then try to feel better. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, I, you know, so I think any, anybody that, uh, is in a band, especially, uh, especially now can, can relate to that to some degree, you know, if they have any kind of level of success and, um, you know, have, have, have done anything with their lives because a lot of people literally sit on computers all day and that's what they do with their life. And they are jealous of what you're doing and they don't even know that they're jealous of what you're doing. They just think they hate you because they don't like your face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the funny thing is like, you know, half of those people will say all this hurtful shit and then they're like, yeah, I just saw him in Boston and Philly and New York last week, you know, and like, you know, the first two shows sucked, and like the third one was like, all right, only because Andrew's drum sounded way better. <laughs> you know? That's exactly and, what and it is, too. To, yeah, and I got every t shirt they have, and I just got like both the vinyls, and they all suck, and I hate yeah. them. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for OK3. These mixes yeah. just aren't doing it for me. Yeah. Yeah, the old stuff's way better. But like, I bought like, every copy of the vinyl they fucking had. They all suck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I thought they were using a poly cotton blend. Hundred dollars on our merch table, but you hate everything you got. Like, okay, who's the who's the real cool guy here? You yeah. know? Yeah. Who's the real, who's the real arrogant prick? Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, and you can always make the argue of like the argument of like. Oh, you know, if you fucking know so much about being in a band, why don't you fucking get up on stage and do it? You know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's, I think that's just as arrogant as anything. You know, it's like, exactly. okay, what if that kid did get up on stage and like fucking rip it, then you'd feel like a real dickhead. Yeah. You know, <laughs> tops just, out your plays on YouTube, playing the fucking talent show at his high school, shredding. Yeah. <laughs> Playing your song better than you wrote it. Yeah. You know? Um, That's got to be fucking weird. It is weird. Watching a five-year-old play shit and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Where'd you come exactly. from? Exactly. And oh. I don't know. Just, at this point, I just try to take everything in stride and yeah. kind of with a grain of salt and keep a, keep, a, uh, keep a little bit of a smile or at least a smirk on my face about all of it, you yeah. know? Because that's a bottom... At the, at the end of the day, like, dude, 
I'm 31 years old. I'm still a young man. Yeah. I got a beautiful girlfriend that has a beautiful son. I have a house, a family. You know, uh, my mom and dad still love me. I have mm-hmm. a cool sister. I have best friends that I've lost and gotten back, and their lives are better now. Yeah. Uh, and my life is better now, and and I still get to play fucking rock and roll for a living all over the so, world. All. I mean, who even cares about that, man? If I was playing rock and roll for a living in my fucking living room for the rest of my life, I'd be happy. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so straight up, you know, like all those people that want to talk about, you know, I'm a shitty singer or I'm an arrogant prick or this or that or I'm, I was sloppy and this and that. Like, you know what? I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go get a life, man. You know, like, like... Even okay, and even the people that are those people that like troll, but they still come to our shows and they mm-hmm. still buy our books and stuff. I'm still thankful for those people. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm thankful for anybody even putting my name in their mouth as being a musician. Like because that means somebody cares about a song I wrote, dude. Yeah, that's you know absolutely true. That you know how incredible that is. You do. Yeah. A lot of people don't, man. A lot of people that aren't musicians and think they know what that's like. Like, I created something out of nothing, out of nothing, out of thin air that somebody cared about, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and and meant something to them, even if they hated it or it's their favorite song ever written. It made them it, feel something. Yeah, it made them feel something. And exactly. that is, that's uh that's that shit right there. That's the shit right there. It, that's magic right there. I mean, you... Regardless, you like it or not, I made you feel something. Yeah, I would with something be- I did. It's it's you can't even really explain it more than that because it's it's not something that's tangible, but it's some of the most important uh, connection you can have, and that's what's weird about it is it doesn't technically exist. Other yeah. than you know what I mean, it's not it's intangible. Yeah, but it's so important and critical, and that's what's so yeah. insane about it. it. You can't put, yeah, yeah, I can't even explain it more than that. It's just something that, that connection that, that uh, you know, it's out of thin air, and it is thin air, and it's gone, but an it's there. An orgasm of soul, man. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, it's like an orgasm nobody, of powdered milk. It's just gone. You yeah, know, it's like, nobody, nobody knows why it happens, but God damn, it feels fucking good, and you, you just want to do it. Over. yeah that's exactly right <laughs> but uh but yeah so you know i would rather i'd rather the fall of troy uh be remembered as the most obnoxious fucking irritating band that ever happened than not be remembered at all and just be another fleeting fucking flash in the pan yeah no talent nothing that meant nothing to anybody because uh the worst thing that can ever happen to you if you're a true artist is to just completely be overlooked, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and like not even get a reaction at all. Yeah, like that's the worst. That that that's the worst thing that could happen, you know. Yeah, I mean Marilyn Manson made a lifelong career out of people being scared of him and hating his guts. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, and he made some pretty damn good music too along the way. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's, oh. it's so good. I mean the one of the cool things that's kind of <clears throat> along these lines that actually happened today um you know the the Andrews podcast is the first episode and and I put it yeah. out on Sunday 
And uh-huh. I've been so excited. I mean, I've been working on this podcast for months and I wanted to be prepared and have everything lined out. And when I decided that, uh, you know, cause I recorded it, this is, I think the ninth episode I've recorded and I'm mm-hmm. releasing them once a week. And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, it's going to be Christmas before I catch up to where I'm at. I've kind yeah. of worked myself That's into good. a corner, but, um, so I was totally terrified putting it out because, uh, you know, it's just me. It's not me in a band. It's not, you know, this output mm-hmm. besides the guest on the show is vulnerable. all coming back on me. That's that vulnerability that I never felt before. And I was totally nervous. And then it started to pick up momentum. And I was like, I was looking at the plays and I was like, holy shit, it's picking up. And then I got a comment. Uh, from a friend of mine in Alaska that um, she said, I listened to the podcast and I loved it. And she said, the weird thing is I've never been a fan of that band, but yeah. that's what didn't matter. I was engaged in the conversation and I it could have been someone I'd never heard of before. And I would have been just as interested. And that was okay. kind of the same thing where it was really cool to hear that. Yeah, that it was more about the connection than uh-huh. you know what it was. Where like my band or not, I made you feel something. It's kind of along the right. same lines. And I was like, well, thanks for being honest about it, you know. And and uh, she's like, you know, yeah, I had, I, I love the show, and and uh, I I would listen to more of people yeah. that I, I either didn't know or maybe I wasn't a fan of to hear their story. And that was uh, right. And maybe, cool. maybe, uh, you know, maybe now she'll give it another shot. Maybe she'll find something she does like about the band. Because, exactly. You know, maybe, uh, maybe something will kind of click. I mean, who knows? Maybe she still won't like our music for the rest of her life. Who cares? You know, she exactly. liked, she liked something about our band, which wasn't necessarily, wasn't even our music, but she liked our story. And that's something too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's part, that's what the songs are about. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, you know? Um, so to me, that's, that's just as good as as saying I really liked this song that you wrote. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I really liked I really liked uh, your drummer's podcast about like you know your story and your band. Uh, you know, that's like mm-hmm. you know, thank you because that's my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, and and that that made me feel really good because I was like, well, you know, if she was just like, oh yeah, it was great, you know, and she delved into a little deeper, and and that that was cool, and and uh, you know, uh-huh. regardless of the you know, being a fan or not of, of, uh, fall of Troy, that was, you know, kind of the afterthought mm-hmm. where I was like, wow, that was cool. You know, cause me and Andrew literally like you and I are right now, I had, you know, three pages of notes and research and not necessarily research for you guys, but things I wanted to talk about. And I've looked at it zero times. <laughs> it's just, okay. and we've been talking almost two hours. Like it's, it, it's just a conversation with two people that's genuine and that's exactly what this has been. And, and I'm really stoked on it. Cause I, I mean, that's exactly what I want the show to be. It's funny because, uh, after listening to Andrew's podcast, there, there's definitely like a few mental notes I had made that like, I wanted to make points about, uh, bringing up to you and stuff. And I, I brought up like maybe one or two of 10 of them, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's fine. You know, it's just like jamming, dude. It's like you might go in to 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 improving in a band like with like one riff in mind that you want to throw in there. Like maybe you're thinking of a couple other. Maybe maybe you can throw in if you get a chance. But mm-hmm. like you might, you know, you might go somewhere way better than that riff that you thought was going to be so awesome to jam on. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Uh, and it usually 
I mean, if you're playing with good players, <laughs> you know, uh, usually, usually you're going to end up somewhere cooler than where you started. Yeah. In the first, you know, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and you're a good player, uh, musically and as a, as, as a person and a friend too. So, uh, I appreciate that Thomas. You know, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that this has gone the way that it has. So awesome. I mean, we've been talking for almost two hours now and it feels like we've been talking for 15 minutes. You know? I know it. I know it. <laughs> and we haven't talked on the phone since uh, for years. You know, like the last time I talked to you was in person at that Just Like Vinyl show. And that was, you know, oh, Jesus, fucking 2000, was it 2009 yeah. maybe? Uh, yeah. Maybe 2010? 2010. 2010. Just Like Vinyl, uh, maybe like 2011 even. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was 2011 because I started working there right after my son was born and he was born yep. in September of 2011. Yep. So. That's right. That's right. Um yeah. I thought that was kind of cool, though, too, um, that we, you know, you didn't call me about the podcast. You texted me about it, and we've been back and forth about it. And I think that kind of built up a, a cool, uh, like, excitement to actually, uh, like, talk to you. And then I listened to your podcast with Andrew, and, I, you know, I haven't uh, talked to Andrew since we left Russia. Like, I mean, I've texted him, a mi- like, a million times, but we haven't, yeah. like, talked on the phone. And I haven't heard your voice in a really long time. And to hear you guys talking kind of just made me even more excited to like kind of hear your voice and get to have that voice get to interact with that voice again you know what i mean yeah yeah i agree and that's the kind of the reason i didn't call because i want it to be kind of the not the homecoming i guess but reunion yeah exactly like hey how you doing and then you know that's the whole thing is ironically creating a connection that's not texting but at the same time texting put it together (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like let's let's make let's make this happen and sure be sure that we stay on it, but let's not let's not show our whole hand to each other yet here. Exactly. And that's why I mean and all these podcasts, I mean I have pages and pages of notes and stuff and rarely do I use them, but it, it's nice to have them when they're there and I think like Andrew mm-hmm. was saying it's in my head. Yeah. Uh, from the preparation and, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever try to slack on that. Cause I want to, you know, you're giving me your time. I don't want to waste that. And at the same time you want to be, you know, something that the listener wants to hear. So, yes. um, without being a talk show, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> but, Not, uh, you, you, you haven't got that fuck you money yet, do we? Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> um, Maybe. Maybe I mean who knows? Maybe maybe you'll get a talk show from from this podcast someday. That'd be maybe. cool. Maybe that'd be sweet. I've I mean I'm loving it so far. It's something creative I can do, and and uh, it's awesome. But yeah. um I wanted to ask real quick. I mean, we'll probably wrap it up here shortly. And but yeah, if you, you have any, if you have any like you know burning questions you want to ask, like go, go ahead. Well, know? not necessarily burning, but I wanted to know: Have you guys? talked to tim since sending him home from russia um there's been many a text message but there has not been the conference call yet that okay. actually i just talked to andrew day before yesterday mm-hmm. and um i mean i don't want to go saying anything or confirming or denying anything but uh yeah uh, andrew and i are definitely on the same page uh 100 about 
we want the Fall of Troy to continue to be an entity yeah. and continue to to, uh, to be a band and like whatever whatever that's going to take, uh, you know, time will tell. Yeah. But um, it all starts with uh, us three need to have a have a conversation, you know, and just. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely needed the dust to settle after yeah. the whole thing. And uh, I think the dust has settled enough now. And so I think I think we'll get on the phone here in the next week and, okay. you know, just us three and throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks and see what doesn't. And we'll go from there, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, the vibe, it's not like me and Andrew are like, oh, fuck you, Tim. Fuck Tim. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's not like it was the first time around, <laughs> even though even though it was pretty much the exact same thing that happened the first time around. <laughs> but I think uh, you know we're ten years older now, and so I think me and Andrew are reacting reacting quite a bit different to it than we did at the time. Yeah, uh, we also aren't you know loaded. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I think more now it's more about concern for him and his family and and his happiness and well being and. You know, we don't want him to be in the fall of Troy and like be unhappy being in the fall of Troy. We want him to to be happy and enjoy playing music with us and being our friend. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think being on tour for as long as we went on tour for, I think we stretched ourselves definitely stretched ourselves a little thin, yeah. uh, very thin actually. Because uh, you know, initially when we got back together, we were like, we don't want to do more than like a week and a half, two weeks tops at a time. You yeah. know. Um, and th- like three and a half months is, you know, with like a pretty much like just a little over a week home, like here and like mixed between those three and a half months, like, especially when there's wives and children and girlfriends and, you know, all that shit. It's like, and, and people moving, you know, like Andrew's living in Portland now. He lives with a woman. I live with a woman in Detroit, yeah. Tim, a woman in Tacoma. It's like, it's very it's hard to like, you know, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to drag uh, your significant other like through a lot of that shit too, you know? Cause, yeah. Cause, cause they're concerned for you and, and, and you're, you're out there like, you know, in the elements in the, in this big scary world, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and it's, uh, it can be very trying. It can be very taxing and exhausting. And mm-hmm. so I just want to make sure that moving forward, I'm pretty sure Andrew does too, that, no matter what it is we do, if we play one show a year, you know what I mean? Um, we just want to make sure that that one show is, is we're all having a really good time and playing really good shows and enjoying being together. That's the most important thing at this point because we really were for a long time again and then just kind of towards the end of this, this Europe thing and kind of towards the end of the last U.S. thing even, like it just kind of started to get a little weird and then yeah. in Europe it like kind of, it definitely turned up the heat to 10 and it just wasn't fun, you know? I think it reminded us of like, actually uh, like how how terrible that was to have to like not enjoy being with each other because we really do. Us three really enjoy being together and we really we really do love each other and like each other and, yeah. and like make music together and like to be on stage together and, it's a powerful thing, you know? And sure. so when, so when the wheels fall off and, and people aren't feeling like that or they're feeling low or sad or depressed or mad, just like they don't want to be there. It's, it brings everybody down. It's really discouraging. And all you want to do is try to figure out a way to, to make everybody uh, happy again. You know, yeah. like I feel that's where I'm at. I just want everybody to like be happy 
in the fall of Troy. Like whatever that means the fall of Troy has to be, I'm cool with that. You know, yeah. as long as as long as I can have my fucking peace of mind and know that my band is still uh breathing. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, that it's still that it's still not a closed book, you know, because when that happened to me last time it was it was it was terrible. It was catastrophic. Moment it was the worst moment of my life. It was the worst time in my life. Yeah. You know? Absolutely, one hundred percent. The scariest, worst, saddest, most depressing time in my life. So yeah. as long as uh we're all on the same page and we just keep it real. Um, I think that that's the most important thing for us. And I think should be the most important thing for any, any three best friends or four, or two or 10 or whatever, you know, yeah. you just, got to, you know, people fuck up, man, people fuck up and sometimes they fuck up real bad. And like, um, whether or not they love you, like people make mistakes and, uh, you know, you can't just, you know, especially after 15 years of, of, of brotherhood, you don't just go, man, fuck that guy. You yeah. You can't I mean? just write someone off like that because he had a goddamn breakdown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, um, if anything, I, I fucking, I feel bad for him. I don't feel sorry for him, you know, but yeah. I, I feel bad that he was in such a, uh, a dark place, you know, cause I know how that feels and, yeah. and that, that shit ain't cool. So, so that's where we're at, you know? So I think it'll be all right. I think we'll, uh, no matter what happens, we'll figure out what we got to do and, and move forward making some, making some fucking rock and roll, dude. That's badass, you know? dude. Uh, that's, I mean, and that's a good way to, to sum it up. And, and, uh, so just to finish things off, what's, uh, what's on the horizon for, for fall Troyer for you in the next year or so? Are you guys planning on, um, you know, well, Andrew said doing maybe an EP. Yeah, we have an EP. Uh, I just got the tracks. I need to I need to put vocals on it, and then we need to mix it, and then we'll put that out um, for fun. And and then and then, like I said, you know, um, I guess I guess the rest all all starts with uh, with a conversation, with a dialogue between yeah. us three. Yeah, and figuring out. Uh, Figuring is that figuring it out figuring out how exactly we can make the fall of Troy the best fall of Troy it can be. Yeah. Right now. You know? Sure. So um we've also Andrew and I have definitely put on the table to each other that uh Manipulator turns ten years old next year. Uh and we would like to commemorate that in one way or another. Okay. Um because we did it with Doppelganger, you know, and it was really mm-hmm. fun, and it, it was it was badass. And uh, Manipulator's probably my favorite, like to play live. Like, yeah, those songs really fun to play live. So. Definitely the most special to me from that tour. I mean, that I I you know lived those songs for for yeah. you know a month yeah. and a half. I mean, it was yeah, it was awesome. I would love to see yeah. that. Yeah, so I definitely think we want to we want to uh, we want to do something. We'll do something. Mm-hmm. We'll do something uh, okay. to 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 celebrate that. Uh, it just it's a matter of how much it will be celebrated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that I, that's what's up. And then other than that, I think just um, I think us us three focus, focusing a little bit um, right now, kind of 
like I said, letting the dust settle. I'm kind of focusing on uh, just being Tim and Thomas and Andrew, the the best friends for yeah. a minute. Is, Good. Is going to be the most important thing, uh, like just immediately. Get you know? back to basics. Yeah, well, because we already proved we can fucking, you know, still rock the fuck out. And oh, yeah. Kick and take some names. Like, we... We we proved that to ourselves, I think, more than anybody else. It mm-hmm. wasn't about proving it to anybody else. It was about proving it to ourselves. And we proved that to ourselves. And I think the that's never been the hard part for us. I don't think being a being a rocking band has been the hard part for us at all. I think uh, maybe the fact that uh, us three kind of in this crazy thing called life became brothers and <laughs> our best friends almost like kind of not even on purpose has been the most difficult thing for us. So I think that's something that needs attention and needs to be nurtured and, uh, and taken care of, you know, we need to make sure that we're treating each other right and being respectful of each other and ourselves. And, um, because if we can't do that, then we can't respect and take care of anybody, anybody else, you know? Absolutely. So absolutely. Yep. So that's that's what's on the horizon for us. Uh, hopefully, you know, more rock and roll. Um, and I don't know it. That's kind of the great part about being in a rock band too, though, with your two best friends. Is you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me uh, after like a, a year or two after we split up that we'd be back together right now with Tim and would have made a new record and like gone on a world tour and. Uh, you know, all this shit, I would have been like, no fucking way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so never say never. And, uh, you know, I always kept hope alive though. I always, yeah. I always secretly in the back of my head wanted it, wanted it to happen. And I think we all must've kind of secretly wanted it. To happen. Yeah. You all had to have had that happen to you. Cause that's, I mean, yeah, I think all at different times. Right there. I think all at different times for all three of us, but sure. eventually lined up and we got lucky. And um, so hopefully now that we had that opportunity to kind of right that wrong and actually like maybe even deal with this hard time that we're going through as a band right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's good to kind of do this tough thing over again and maybe like do it a better way than we did it last time, you know, maybe deal with it a little bit better. <coughs> sure. Sure, being older and older and wiser, you know, or just maybe, maybe just getting a chance to do it over again and doing it the right way. Sure, you know, yeah. Um, whether it's older or younger or wiser, more mature, I don't know. I don't know about any of that, you know, because it's still me and Tim and Andrew, and we're pretty much the same as we've always been to each other. So yeah, I think anything, it's making the conscious effort to maybe um, deal with the hard times, not as hard, you know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe soften the blow for each other a little bit more, and then maybe we'll get a little further than we would if it, uh, if we don't be so hard on each other, you know? Yeah, tap the brakes a little instead of slamming on the brakes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. coast it, coast it into place. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, maybe even shut off the engine for a little while, you yeah. know, and just uh, kind of let it roll to a stop, and then you know, figure it out from there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we could make car analogies all day. Yeah, That's I know. Good. That's it's gotta uh, be living in living in the Motor City. It must be like fucking rubbing off. I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did want to ask your permission on something, and and, and uh, I watched an interview on YouTube randomly. I think, and 
something somebody said something it may have been that podcast you guys did where they had a little audience but i think you said about someone's comment that it punched you in the tickle dick the giggle dick the giggle dick and i yeah. totally want to use that not not the audio from that but that phrase as an uh, intro to one of the podcasts somehow yes yeah. hit you in the um, giggle dick Yes. Is that yours? Yeah. Um, you know what? I got that. Funny enough, I got that from this YouTube famous girl. Her name's Jenna Marbles. Have you heard of this chick? I've not. Okay. Well, she's like a YouTube uh, like comedian, kind of like one of those things, you know. But she's actually she's actually really funny. Uh-huh. And uh, and then I like went through this phase where like I was just really bored. A lot, and I would uh, just watch Jenna Marbles videos because one of my—I can't remember who turned me turned me on to her. Like one of my, one of my female friends, like mm-hmm. asked me if I knew who she was, and I was like, "Oh, like you know, she's you, like you'll love her sense of humor and shit." And yeah, that's like uh, there was a couple other things that she said that were really funny, but the kick you in the giggle dick <laughs> thing wasn't like my favorite thing that you'd say. And, I spit out my drink. Yeah. It was hilarious. I've yeah. So I gotta. So I gotta. I gotta. Uh, yeah, I gotta tip my hat to Jenna Marbles. Shout okay. out to Jenna Marbles. Maybe I'll just steal it from her then. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, it's 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 like uh, it's like music, right? We're all borrowing from each other. Exactly. Anyway. I don't think she has it copyrighted. But... Perfect. That's well, and the all. funny thing is, doing that interview, like I didn't. It just came out. I didn't like. You know, I didn't even really mean to say it. it yeah, just... it was out of nowhere. That's what hit me. Well, I was, was literally true. taking a drink and just all over my computer. Oh, yeah, man. well, that, no, that's what happened to me on that interview. Is like I was like drinking a, a, a screwdriver or something, and and Andrew was like, Andrew's like, they ask about like side projects we have, and he's like, you know, Thomas does uh, this with his girlfriend, and did just like vinyl, and I do this, and and Tim has trash kids. <laughs> yes, trash kids. That's right. And it just can't. They thought he was talking about his kids. Well. I don't think anybody thought that, I, but I I thought it came off to me as like as that, you know. What I mean, like, and it just oh, it fucking destroyed me. I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing for like the rest of the interview. Even after that interview, for like probably a day or two after that, I just would still be losing it over that one. Tim has trash like, kids, uh, uh, you know. I had, I'm doing this project. Thomas is doing these projects. Tim has trash kids back home. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, Jesus Christ. Trash kids. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's right in the giggle funny. dick. Right in the giggle it's dick. It's as funny as it was. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Uh, but I mean, that, you know, that's a perfect example of like, uh, like our inside jokes. Like, yeah, coming through in situations where they probably shouldn't sometimes. But <laughs> some of our, I mean, you know, Van Banter gets sometimes. It just oh, goes geez. so deep sometimes that it's like, you know, you you, you begin to have like you, you begin you almost become an armadillo. You know, you don't even get thick skin; you get a fucking shell because everybody just yeah. literally get on each other so reproaringly sometimes. But like. But in a funny way, you know, it's like nobody's being mean, but you're really, it really gets down there sometimes on those 12 hour drives. Sure. 
We used to have games to prove you weren't gay. You had to reach down someone that someone chose as pants and pump, like squeeze their dick 10 times. And if they got hard. Yeah, they were gay. Yes. And if you got hard <laughs> or couldn't do it, you were. And oh, man. That, I mean, it got that serious. Like it, was, it was like, okay, you're actually going to do this. Okay. And, uh, yeah, those I know exactly what you're talking about on those drives. And it's, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Those I mean, and days. we, like, you inadvertently, yeah, you inadvertently come up with, like, like games or that, you know, like, game, weird games that are, like, based off of inside jokes that, like, nobody else could ever understand this game you're playing except yeah. for, like, people that are in the van. Uh, the other thing that we do is we come up with, uh, like, we have characters, uh, like, that come out in the van. Oh, shit. Like, we have, uh, we have this guy named uh, Bro that is like, I fucking, I am the worst person on earth, bro. I'm a piece of shit, man. I fucking, I, I pick up my little sister drunk from fucking elementary school and crash the car and paralyze her for life and I don't even fucking care, bro. That's what I am, bro. I fucking suck. We got that guy. And he can go on and on forever, man. You know? I fucking work at the fucking vape shop on the corner, bro, and I just fucking steal all the money. I don't even care. I fucking hate my parents, man. Uh, oh, shit, dude. And then we have... Then we have uh, our guitar team, Andy, I definitely gets like most of the credit for for the character Trundle. Trundle? Trundle's a little uh, like a little troll that lives under a bridge, and and he always finds you and like makes you follow him. But then he gets lost when you follow him. Like, he's like, come with, come with Trundle. Trundle will show you the way. And then he's like, wait a minute, where are we going? <laughs> Yeah. It gets you both lost. Well, the reason that Trundle's on tour is because he somehow uh, ended up breaking into your van and sleeping in your van, and uh-huh. uh, you didn't notice he was there because he's so little, like he was under the bench. And but then he, you know, you needed a guitar tech, so you just use whatever uh, because he couldn't find his way home, and he hasn't been able to find his way home for seven years because <laughs> <laughs> he can't remember where he lives. <laughs> so. He's like a troll with Alzheimer's that's like three foot two or something like oh, that. Jeez. Refers to himself in the third person. Uh, like the rock. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we have Bro and Trundle. They're the most recent, but, I mean, there's been multitudes of them. Oh, there's shit. been been many, many, many characters over the years. That, we need to we do did. a podcast. We need to do a part two with Bro. Oh. Bro. I don't Okay, if yeah. we're going to do, do that, though. Full on. We got, we gotta get uh, we gotta get Andy, my guitar tech, on that one though, because okay. like he's like it's all it's all it's all play off of each other too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> or randomly yeah. have call-ins to the show from Bro or some of these oh, characters. Yeah. Like, hey, do you start have a question taking, or uh... we'll start taking like questions and calls and stuff. And uh, what what's that one guy? Andrew listens to him all the time, but. Uh, He's on, uh, is it maybe George Norrie or something like that? Uh, and he lives like fake call-ins and like oh, creates yes. characters and like does the voices and does like fake call-ins to his show. Uh-huh. So like he does all the voices for like his own show, basically. 
and has all these crazy conspiracy theorist people call his show and stuff like that. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. But it should be like that. Like, bro, just perfect. Calls him. I fucking hate your band, man. Why does your fucking guitar sound like shit all the time? So- sounds like the fucking kick drum on Manipulator sounds like a fucking fart, man. Fuck you. I hate the fucking man. That's what we need to do. Hey, once we have like ten episodes out, we'll do a we'll do a guest call in, and it'll be all just characters, no actual guests calling in, just yeah. lighting me up. That'd I went to hilarious. I went to see fucking Fall of Troy reunion tour, and they're just fucking old and fat, and they fucking suck, man. They suck. <laughs> I, wa- I I walked out with jerked off in my car, man. It was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I got jizz all over my slacks, man. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit, man. I suck. No oh, shit. I can just picture that character in a fucking well, a car they can't afford I that smell. You can smell the axe coming out of the yeah. fucking car mm-hmm. in the drive-through at Carl's Jr. Oh, he drives a a 2006 WRX, Fuck, a blue one. Yes, he does. Uh, yep, yep. yep. He, yeah. White slacks. He, and a fucking Wait, uh, no, faux that, hawk with that, sunglasses. Yeah, or like spiked up, like frosted oh, tips, fuck. like and like a, a pit stripe baby blue shirt to match his baby blue WRX, <laughs> and like fucking you know, like uh, like like rip off like Armani, like stupid looking fake Italian boots, and yep, and those yeah. two exist boxer briefs so you can see the fucking tag on and fucking. I fucking I fucking drive Uber all day, bro. That's what I fucking do for extra cash, and I fucking. Turn tricks when I drive Uber. <laughs> I start my own company, man. Call, call Brober, have, man. Brober. I, you call Brober. Brober. You need to be. Fucking Brober. I, I fucking. Fuck I your fucking, Uber, man. Fucking Brober. I pick you up. That's why my WRX is automatic. I give you hand job on the way to taking you to fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even care. I don't even care about it. Don't even care. That's the best part. Just doesn't give a shit about anything. No, he's awful. He's the worst guy <laughs> in history. Guy doesn't care at all. Oh my, my god! My little sister is paralyzed for life, and I just don't feel anything, bro. <laughs> oh. I still drive drunk every day, every fucking day. <laughs> Seriously, we gotta we gotta work this out. This is gonna be good. <laughs> I I talked to Andrew about possibly doing some like guest hosting or whatever like a side by side since we live in the same town and and it was so much fun and he was down for that but we should totally do something like this that'd be great oh well we should surprise him because because andrew 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 knows bro andrew fucking knows knows him (laughs) hey we got a call coming in here who's this uh hey fucking (laughs) what the fuck man where's my money bro (laughs) where's my money you, you owe me fucking money for fucking Oxycontin from 15 years ago, man. <laughs> you fucking remember me? <laughs> we were listening to your record together, man. Bro, I got you, you addicted it, to heroin. I fucking don't care at all. Fucking give me my money. Oh, yes. Yep. That's, so, that's going to yeah, work. That's that. All right. So that's, that's what's that's coming like up the, for 2017. Yep. That's what the fall tray has. That's what the fall tray has going on. We're going to fuck up a podcast. This will be perfect. Yeah. 
fuck up a podcast and create some weird characters in our free time. Oh, shit. All right, Thomas. Well, dude, this has been awesome. I think it's bedtime. Yes, definitely. And and thank you for having me on the show. Dude, and thanks for coming really, on the show. Yeah, anytime. And uh, we'll do it again someday. And uh, I wish you continued success. And I'll be I'll be listening and supporting. Awesome. Thanks to you, my friend. Have a good night, okay? You too, man. All right, Thomas. Take care. All right, later. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Well, I really appreciate you listening to part one and part two of my interview with Thomas from the Fall of Troy. We had a blast making this episode. We had a blast chatting, and I'm really glad you guys made it to the end. I know it was a long one, and I wanted to make it easier to download, so splitting it up, I think, is the way to go. Uh, Once again, we are the newest member of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast family. We are super stoked to be here. Uh, Jabberjawmedia.com, peerpleasurepodcast.com. If you'd like to donate to the show, uh, you can do so through the website. If you'd like to support the show by shopping at Amazon, there's a link to the website. Um, You can click through there, bookmark it. Anything you buy uh, sends the show 4 to 6%. Really helps us out. So feel free to go to our website and click on that Amazon link and send some love our way. Uh, We are on Twitter at PodPeerPleasure, and we are on Instagram at PeerPleasurePod. So feel free to email me, PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, comments. I'd love to hear from you. We're really loving the downloads, loving all the support from you guys, and we're glad to bring you some more uh, content that you're going to enjoy. So a lot of things coming up end of the year and a lot of things coming up in 2017. So once again, thank you for listening. Thank you to Thomas of the Fall of Troy for being so gracious and coming on the show and, and talking for you know two and a half hours. It felt really good to have a good conversation with him. So keep listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Jabberjaw Podcast Network.